This is Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. I'm on the phone with Stephen Lee, the founder of Cotswold Kombucha in Cheltenham, England. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, Ian. Thanks for having me. So tell me, what, what's your journey with kombucha? I mean, when did you first uh, become aware of it, taste it, uh, and how, how long ago did you start your Cotswold Kombucha company? Yeah, so I remember the first time I had kombucha was at a Whole Foods, let's say circa 2008, and yeah, it was GT days at that time. Um, didn't really know what it was, couldn't really comprehend it, you know, it was, it, everything was new, it's like, you know, new drinks category right in front of you, what is this, it's busy, it's tart, it's complex, didn't really know what I had, never really had it again until a few years later at university, um, and it kind of just played in the back of my mind, right, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm from California originally, from Fremont, California, so, not too far away from where you are, I think, in Vallejo. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was yeah. going to ask, where, where did you taste GTs in uh, I thought you'd <laughs> been in England at that point. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. you're just down the road. And, uh, so you grew up in Fremont, and that was a Whole Foods in the Bay Area where you That's first right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right there. And then um, a couple of years later at, at university, and um, kind of just, Stayed in the back of my mind, didn't think anything of it, right? And I'll, I'll give you sort of some bullet points, of, like the Reader's Digest version. Took sort of a one-way flight after, after college to New Zealand. Um, met my now fiancé, the love of my life there. Uh, we were there for about three years and then traveled to Australia for a bit um, and then settled down here in, in, in Cheltenham. She, she's English. She's from Wiltshire, so about maybe... 40 miles down the road, but um, I've been here the last six years, and my first job, was, my background has been sort of luxury hotels and management and that sort of thing. It's what I went to school for, and we have a unique hotel here called the Queen's Hotel, and it's part of the M Gallery, so it's uh, an Accor property, so, you know, Fairmont, Swiss Hotel, Pullman, Novotel, um, etc. And they're big on storytelling, and it was all about the Cotswold and the story of Cheltenham and how it came to be. It's a, naturally a spa town, and, you know, there's these medicinal waters back in the 17th century that were sort of bottled. It was called the, the Chell Spa, and um, lo and behold, sort of travelers alike throughout um, the U.K. Would, would, would sip these waters, and it would heal a variety of different ailments, um, and then I always knew that I wanted to do something a bit different um, for myself, right? I don't really have a hard time working for other people, but I'd prefer if I didn't. I think that's kind of the entrepreneurial mindset, you know. And, um, yeah, after, uh, after that hotel job, I, I moved, did a sideways approach, and worked um, in, as, a, as a sort of bespoke travel agent for Flight Center, brilliant company. And then sort of on the side, so I'd say for the last three years, um, this idea of, of kombucha came to mind and, you know, right, Cotswold kombucha. And how can I sort of bring all these, these, these past facts and, and things that I've learned into, into fruition? And so 
It, it, and you know what, Ian, the, the, the name almost hit immediately, Cotswold Kombucha. I Googled it. You know, I was already familiar with the brand in, in, in the U.K. from Jar Kombucha to go to Equinox and, and, and a few others. And so, right, okay, well, you know, let's just keep brewing. And, you know, I guess it's that, that normal thing that they say is, you know, a hobby turned into uh, a passion, and then that passion had naturally turned into to a business. So, you know, I finally have gone full steam ahead and doing this full time. I, I literally just launched um, by a stroke of good luck at the uh, Soul Circus Festival on, on August 8th last month. Um, uh, it's just funny how circumstance and, and timing kind of worked out. Um, yeah. If I can just interrupt, so just to summarize, um, what you're saying is it was you'd, you'd, you'd traveled, you'd grown up in California, you'd moved to uh, New Zealand, Australia, and then back to Cheltenham with your fiance. And then when did you actually, you were, you were brewing at home then over the last three years and sort of experimenting with fermentation? Yeah, it's funny. You could even see on my uh, my Instagram at Cotswold Kombucha um, from 2017. Um, we still even have that flavor now called the OG, the OG Well. Um, and it's just these three rather small glass um, carboys. Uh, I think that first batch was about, what was it, maybe 10 liters in total, three different sort mm -hmm. of um, glasses. And then right from the get-go, you know, I, I shared it immediately and mostly with friends just to absorb that brunt impact of saying this is horrible and lo and behold, they, they liked it and asked for some more and that naturally grew into um, colleagues, it naturally grew into just um, friends of friends and that kind of sustained in the background. I mean, I was brewing in an attic at that point, um, keeping it cool, um, about 20 20 degrees centigrade, so it was, and, and it was very rudimentary, and that's when I learned about, right, it needs to be X amount of temperature, and it was all such an mm -hmm. organic growth to it. Um, right, yeah, right. That was, yeah, so, about three so years. You're in but, your, yeah. So you're in your uh, sort of early stages as a company. What was, what was the sort of, you know, obviously you had the personal motivation to be an entrepreneur, but what, what uh, sort of physically happened uh, in terms of where you were brewing and the scale you were brewing at and, uh, and, and so on? Did, did you kind of uh, move into another facility and, and upscale, up, up, you know, scale up in terms of quantities? How did that happen? Yeah. So it's uh, this lovely year that we're having, right? COVID-19, COVID soon to be 20 or whatever number we're on now. Um, that was the deciding factor, right? So from ever since March, Ian, I've, I've been um, on furlough with, with my travel job for Flight Center uh, until about August is when I got my redundancy. So literally the day after I, I, was, I got my, my furlough, it was all systems go with Cotswold Kombucha, and that's where I was able to, to scale up to huh? do, um, you know, about 100 liters a week. We're still doing about 100 liters a week, which is great. Um, get the labeling sorted, get the bottles confirmed, get, you know, my, my tea manufacturers all, all confirmed, um, you know, my, my uh, fruit and, and veg um, contractors all sorted, all the back office stuff as well. 
Um, so it was, it was, despite me not getting paid for it, um, I was still getting paid from Flight Center, right? So it was this golden opportunity to double down on, on Cotswold Kombucha and get actually serious. So that was that door wide open saying, right, if not now, then when? And it was like those clouds kind of parted and it, that silver lining that, that people speak of. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, quite uh, quite inspirational. That obviously it's been a tough year for everybody uh, in all countries. But uh, yeah, what a great opportunity to take uh, the plunge, so to speak. And you, you had uh, both the time and and uh, the motivation. But, but what actually did you? You went from presumably you weren't brewing a hundred liters when you first started. I mean, did you? Correct. Did you say yeah. what about like the size of the fermentation vessel and and where where are you located? I mean, are you still doing it in a spare room or a garage or? Well, how's that? Here's what's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, the recipe hasn't really changed that much, and in terms of the brewing process, slight tweaks. But in terms of the equipment, exactly the same. But I've just times it by, you know, let's say about a factor of ten. So I have about fifty. Uh, eight liter glass carboys that I use, you know, and I, and it's something that I really want to stick to. You know, you have Health Aid and, and GTS doing the same. And yeah. then it's just kind of how far the rabbit hole you want to go in terms of scale and production. But I'm really focused on um, independent um, stock lists and, and, and festivals with a high street uh, direct-to-consumer yeah. approach on the weekends. Yeah, so creating a niche market. But, yeah, I'm still brewing at home, which is which is great. So no overheads aside from the mortgage, <laughs> you know. Um, had my first uh, food hygiene inspection last week, and so we're off to the races. It's five stars that we got back. Huh? So, um, you know, these small sort of incremental steps of growth is what I'm really passionate about, and, never really investing out of my means if I don't have to. I'm, um, I'm presumably the only um, that I know of kombucha producer in, in Gloucestershire. There's a few in Oxfordshire that still say Cotswold, but um, they don't have the name, so I had to trademark that just to make sure that it's protected because I know that there'd be someone else down the line inevitably as we grow. Um, Right. And is your goal, yeah. is you, I mean, those of us who know the British Isles, uh, obviously the Cotswolds is a clearly defined region kind of for the Americans. It's, it's a small area, but lots of areas in Britain like Yorkshire and the Pennines and so on are small. Is your goal to sort of be a regional brand? I mean, right now, obviously, you're probably you're not distributing far and wide but it's how's that side of the business that you know the say we talked a little bit about production what about what about sales and marketing and who's carrying uh, where's your outlets uh, today yeah absolutely so at the moment you know after launching uh just last month we have one stock list which is scandinavian coffee pod soon to be a few others just working on you know just uh the paperwork side at the moment so it should be about five stockless in total within the next week, I'd say. And then farmers markets uh, started doing that two weeks ago. So we're the new guys on the block, but you're absolutely right, Ian. I mean, the the, the end game is to remain a regional kombucha brand because I, I don't see it being on national retail shelves because it needs to be something that's 
that, that's, that, that part's already been fulfilled by others, and, I, and I'd imagine people are poised to, to compete for those supermarket shelves. And we're, we're kind of doing a bit more of a bespoke, um, tailored-to-suit approach. Um, one, because it's just more enjoyable for myself. I'm just a one-man band doing it just to ensure that I know exactly what's going on until it goes to a, you know, a limited company. I just need yeah. to make sure that you know every every factor is is uh, understood by myself in and out before we take on a few more people. I think it's that natural growth yeah. is is so crucial. <laughs> well, I think you you I mean that's exactly what uh, I'm hearing um, when I talk to both you know Hannah Crum with KBI Kombucha Brewers as well as uh, other brewers around the world is. Obviously, it's a huge investment. People need venture capital or whatever, like companies like HealthAid have had a lot of investment they talk about in the millions of dollars and probably yeah. some, some of the bigger companies in the UK. But there's a huge opportunity, just like in what we call the craft beer industry. There's now 8,000 craft breweries across the US, and I'm sure there's local breweries in the UK. And the beer industry you know, has the national brands, has... You know, cause and and bud and so on in the U.S. But there's regional opportunities. And um, yeah, what I what I see on your Instagram, I just took a quick look. Is you've got the labels, you've got the bottles, you've got the graphics and so on that look great. Um, when you mentioned farmers markets, are you planning to sell or distribute anything through kegs? Is that an option? That yeah, definitely. It's so funny you brought that up because that's sort of what I'm going to be launching early next year. Uh, and I think just doing some math on it, early math states, is going to be about, should account for about half the business, right? You know, um, bottles will be sort of stuck with it on, you know, organic grocers, um, a few cocktail bars and yoga studios, a few cafes, but then um, with the massive pub scene that, you know, you can't go for a walk without having a beer at the end here in, in this country, I realized, and it's just <laughs> kind of giving folks another option. Um, so, yeah, definitely we'll be launching kegs, uh, I'd say, early 2021. Um, it's a yeah. no-brainer. Um, not fully, you well, know, not fully. I, I... Yeah. I was going to say, I don't interrupt you, but I'd recommend, uh, you know, invest $12 or whatever it takes to, if uh, you're not a member of KBI. And if you look at the, the fall edition of our Symbiosis magazine, we focus yeah. on kegs and, and, this, and kegs and tap rooms. And I had an interesting few conversations with distributors here in California, there's two main distributors, and they both talked about, you know, kegs, okay, you've got your bottles, you've got your bottling line, maybe doing it by hand, but kegs allow you to grow very low overhead and also they're increasingly finding keg sales. Um, you know, in cafes, you get a couple of cafes who can sell it on draft. It's, and if you go to a farmer's market right. selling it on draft, there's bigger profit, obviously, you're not having to pay the glass the overhead of the glass bottles. And then one thing that surprised me, and it's probably too early for the UK yet, but people yeah. are even getting kegs delivered to their homes and installing a little kegerator right. in the, you know, larger homes or families with, you know, maybe two or three families can share it. Anyway, um, yeah. that's just, you know, I think you're, you'll see that as a, as a new company. Uh, that's maybe one option. What, what kind of... Um, 
I mean, what kind of challenges would you say you had to face as a new kombucha brewer? Where have you kind of had your, you know, not all the hiccups, I don't need to, obviously there's challenges yeah. probably every day, but, but yeah, what were a couple absolutely. of the obstacles you had to overcome? That's, that's a pretty good question. So I'd say main challenge would be kind of quieting that voice in my head. It kind of goes internal at this point, right? Because, I mean, I think that's what KBI over that, that last conference that we've had um, past week was, was, was crucial because it answered all those questions that I had. Because, you know, you're, when you're a solopreneur, you're, you're, you're kind of asking and you're answering the same questions. And so that was a big challenge to, to kind of quiet that voice and, you know, just get back to your craft and get back to your craft. You know, if, if you're having a bad day, we'll just get back to your craft and trust what you, what you do and, and, and act on what you know to be right and use that as a mantra, right? So the main challenge that I had was probably more internal than external in, in that sense. Um, but what were some pivotal moments was when Jar Kombucha uh, actually reached out, Adam Vanny. Uh, yeah. He was a neighbor in Cotswold Town, and he actually direct, direct messaged me um, saying, you know, hey, love to try a few bottles. And that was like the first someone of a particular position to say, right, well, here we go. Let's, let's see what we have here. And then just getting that message back in of saying, wow, you know, the OG well, our original flavor, well balanced, keep doing what you're doing was kind of verification. And that was just, you know, fuel to the fire. And then it was almost, it, it validated what I was doing. And that was a huge kind of milestone. And then from there, it's just these sort of small wins that you just, naturally keep having by by just doing what you do right just 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 staying consistent with it right right and are you able to um uh, like obviously uh, being a local business are you able to get any pr publicity through um any local outlets i don't know if there's newspaper or or blog yeah <laughs> Definitely. So um, there was an Instagram account called, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Cotswold Social. They have about 11,000 followers, and they were able to, to promote my product over this past week. So I sent them a few bottles as kind of a thank you. Um, and then there's a few other sort of bloggers. Um, I suppose it's just mainly trying to decipher which bloggers to go with and then what I really want to sort of the next phase is to work with um, visit Cheltenham which is the, the local um, tourism bureau if you will um, because we have such a story to tell you know the, the, the idea is to have uh, a product that's from Cheltenham for the Cotswolds right or like from the Cotswolds for the Cotswolds um, and it does have a, a big story I mean even or for uh, flavors to begin with. They're all named after how Cheltenham was uh, popularized back in the 17th century. So each bottle has, you know, a fun fact. It has, you know, Cheltenham's motto, which is Salubritas et Eruditio. Forgive me if I butchered that Latin, but it basically means um, health and education. And so our idea is to create an awareness of self-education and health 
for the Cotswolds and just give them something to be proud of. And, you know, because a lot of people don't know how Cheltenham started. And me as an American, you know, anything over 100 years old, I'm fascinated by, right? <laughs> so it's, right. You know, the, right. the history is so intense. <laughs> so I'm looking on the Instagram. I can't quite make out. I can see you've got one called Montpellier. What, what were the four flavors that related to Cheltenham's history? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we start with the OG well, um, which is the original well, uh, where the first waters were, were found in Cheltenham, which sort of kick-started the, 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 the notion of, of the Chelsea Spa, that, that health drink back in the mid-17th century, which popularized mm-hmm. Cheltenham. Um, a guy by the name of Henry Skillicorn um, kind, of, kind of was behind that. And then we move on to the Imperial, uh, which is uh, originally the Sherbourne Spa, and it's now uh, the site of the Queen's Hotel, where, where I used to work in town. Okay. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, Pitville, that's our, our ginger flavor. Um, and then it is Pitville Pump Room. And at one point, it was sort of uh, pronounced by the Cheltenham Guide as one of the most extensive and most beautiful um, establishments in its kind in Europe right, in terms of its yeah. sort of Georgian architecture and, and that sort of thing. And then our flagship flavor, Montpellier, it's sleek, it's sexy, it's, you know, um, kind of like your, our, our Montpellier district is kind of like your Chelsea, it's kind of like your Tiburon, Atherton, um, right. and that's our beetroot, apple, and, and ginger, yeah, so it's, it's got some swag to it. I yeah. see, so for local, I mean, I think it's great because, I mean, I'm not a PR expert, but I can totally see how your story is reinventing the history of a spa town. And, of course, there's lots of towns like Harrogate and Bath, and as Cheltenham is one of those premier locations that was big in the 17th century where, you know, people in the Jane Austen era would have come for health. And, and now you're making kombucha with the water from the from the same source that uh, gave people health. So, yeah, Stephen, this has been really fascinating, and thank you so much for taking time out of your afternoon there, your evening, at, and uh, talking to Booch News. And great, good luck with your um, with your business as you're growing it. Thank you so much, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.